0: Thank you. Welcome back to the What's Your More podcast. I'm your host, Quentin Harris. And today, it is a big day for us. Federal Reserve just met on Wednesday. So, you know, that's like the Super Bowl around here. We're going to talk about what Powell said at the commentary, the moving of the market, what he really was alluding to, as well as the elusive job reports that also came out today on Friday, November 3rd. And, you know, as we talk about this with Daniel Halverson on the Lending Report update, and as we talk about it over and over again, you know, we're not big fans of the job reports. We've said there's been some looming things in the background that haven't been reported because of the, excuse me, the delayed de- data that's coming through. But as of right now, it's starting to show up and kind of rear some of those commentaries that we've been showing. So let's talk a little bit about the Federal Reserve obviously, they decided to pause and hold still. And we, we predicted that we said that was going to happen. And we think it's going to happen again in December. But what does that really mean? Well, what that really means is that Powell and company at the the FMOC, they have not found exactly any type of tipping point to go backwards yet backwards being QE right now we're in QT, which is quantitative tightening. And we've talked about what that means that quantitative tightening is where they continue to raise interest rates at the highest level they can not to affect the economy, but also have a balance sheet runoff. And during that runoff, off, that's where they're not buying any more treasuries and they're not buying mortgage backed securities. And Powell indicated that's where they're going to continue to be during this time. However, he also gave some comments that I think the markets just absolutely jumped latched onto, and ran with it because as watching this commentary, you know, I kind of laugh because, you know, I titled this episode live from New York, it's the Jerome Powell show. I mean, when in the world have we ever been tuned into the Federal Reserve president going to the podium at 230 on a Wednesday and like we are now it's like almost our entire industry, real estate, more Banking, We're hanging and clinging on to every word this gentleman has to say. And you know, it's interesting because we've never done that before. And as we kind of tune into this, it's live on YouTube. I mean, it's broadcasted with the gentleman going up there. And so he goes and gives his commentary, then he gets peppered with questions, usually lasts about an hour. What the markets are looking for is the Q&A session because the the actual commentary is already predetermined before he gets up there. But the real things start to come out during that commentary – excuse me, post-commentary into the questions. So here were some of the things that he was asked. He was specifically asked, you know, Mr. Fair Chedman, the Chairman, did you go too far on the rates? Are you worried about – You know, kind of uh, exasperating the markets by putting too much interest rate heights in too fast. And he said, "No, we're we're not really worried about that. We don't think we've actually swung one way or the other. We actually feel like we're in a good position. And if we continue to see reports such as the job reports, such as inflation, come in at the manner in which they're doing, we feel pretty good about what we've done. And while he didn't say we're going to stop hiking rates, he did send an indication that, hey, listen, we're prepared to not only pause, but we're prepared to maybe even back up if things continue." you to come down in the form of inflation and unemployment numbers go up. And if you recall, he keeps talking about softening of the unemployment markets. And that's, that's another way of saying, hey, listen, the labor force needs to come down. Now, I do think that's a misnomer. And we'll get into that in just a minute. But let's talk a little bit about the uh, job numbers that came out. This is one of the signs he echoed and said, hey, listen, if these numbers come in at a level that we start to see the softening of the market, then we feel pretty comfortable about what we're doing. And we may even back up and look at possibly relieving the restrictive policy that we have now Restrictive policy means the tightening now by no means are they going to go buy mortgage-backed securities and go into quantitative easing but they may start to reduce the fed funds rate down a little bit and that's the relief the market was excited to hear about and that's why you saw a roar on wednesday take place again on thursday and again today here on friday but let's talk about those unemployment numbers they came out This is the BLS report day that comes out. So this is going to be your non-farm payroll jobs. And they came in way below expectation, 30,000 less than expectation, came in 150,000 new jobs created. We're going to talk a little bit about that because most of those are government jobs that are being being produced as well as second and third jobs. So we've got into that before on previous podcasts that we have more people today maintaining a second job than ever before. It's actually historic numbers on there. And we talked about why that's a potential issue with inflation and what's causing that. But the other one was the unemployment rate went up. It's almost at 4% at 3.9. Previously, it was 3.8. So we're seeing an increase there, which is that softening of the market. And then we're seeing the earnings, which is what, what income is being earned actually went down. So we see income going down, we see job reports going down and unemployment rate going up. Why is that important? Let's go back a couple episodes ago. and We talked about this potential hurricane brewing in the consumer credit market. We have credit card debt over $1 trillion. We have the balances not being paid at the rate in which they should. We have an average credit card interest rate of 25% right now. And then we have a savings rate at 3.4, which is one of the lowest we've seen since 2008 and nine. All of that leads to a sign of not a strong economy. No matter what the administration is saying, those Those are not strong signs of an economy, because if they were strong, you wouldn't be spending your savings. You'd be saving money, you'd have, you'd have a surplus of money, and your income earnings wouldn't be coming down, they'd at least remain steady, possibly even going up. And then finally, your credit card debt wouldn't accelerate at the level in which it's done over the past eighteen months. It's gone up twenty eight percent on the balances. That's significant to take us over one trillion dollars, which is a number that we haven't hit as an American society before. But let's talk a little bit about these numbers here on the non farm payroll and and why I want to break that down so much. Because as I pull up the numbers here, you know the what's interesting is that we've had a um, we've had fifty five thousand government jobs created on that number. 55,000 government jobs. Now, what's interesting about that is those are traditionally not high-pay income jobs. They're typically entry-level, which is lower-paying, and the government also pays lower than most entry level positions in other jobs. And so it's always interesting to me when I look at the government creating jobs in the jobs report, because it's like, well, are those temporary? Are they being created to make the number look better? Is the administration doing this so they can come out and say, look how many jobs we've created. But on the backside of that, 35,000 manufacturing jobs were lost. But why is that important? Because I think there's this big misnomer about if we have, and this is what I don't agree with, with Powell. Powell says we need a softening of the labor market. We don't need a softening of the labor market. We need more jobs created. We just need less spending when people make that money. That's the fallacy. That's, that's, the, that's the, the Keynesian approach that comes in here. And it's not correct. Because when you take a look at the jobs, it's important that manufacturing jobs are created. And I'm going to tell you why right after this commercial break, and we'll get right into that. I've been in the lending business for 20 years. I've seen many different lenders. During those 20 years, I recognized there's a difference between being an originator and an advisor. The team at Bank of England is full of advisors. They take their time to understand your needs. They take the time to structure a mortgage for you and your family. And I cannot recommend them enough. If you're in the market to purchase a home, maybe it's a second home, maybe it's an investment property, or you're looking to refinance your current property that you live in, take a minute to work with the advisors at Bank of England Mortgage. They're a nationwide lender, and you can find your local branch at boemortgage.com. Because it's more than loans, it's people. Thanks so much for letting us give a shout out to our sponsor. All right, now back to the podcast. So let's talk about manufacturing jobs and why that's so important. Well, because think about this. Here's the here's the whole premise of inflation. Inflation is too much money chasing too few of goods. That's inflation at its purest definition. Well, if we're losing manufacturing jobs, are we producing more or are we producing less? We're probably producing less, which means less product, again, too much money chasing too few goods. We need more manufacturing jobs. We need more product being made because if we have more product and the price of that product comes down, that's how inflation is stopped in the first place. More product, less money chasing too few goods. That's how that should work. Eliminating jobs, the softening of the market, that doesn't help. That actually adds more fuel to the fire. And let's face it, when it comes to inflation, the target rate that the government is chasing, excuse me, the Federal Reserve is chasing, is 2%. We've heard that over and over again. Well, it's going to be very hard to achieve that target with manufacturing jobs being lost, with government deficit spending continuing to happen. I mean, let's, let's not discount the fact that every time the government is operating a deficit, they are producing more money through the treasuries thus, in turn, creating more dollars in the system, which just continues to add to that inflation definition. The federal government is absolutely undermining the Federal Reserve's policy right now, and that cannot be denied. Also, let's keep in mind, at the current federal funds interest rate, that is the rate in which we pay interest on the national debt. In the last episode, we discussed... Currently, right now, we are paying $659 billion in interest on the national debt, which continues to keep going up. And as it continues to keep going up, that interest payment is only to get bigger. And it's forecasted over the next two years that will become the number one expense for the federal government. Right now, it's the Department of Defense. Second, interest on the national debt those two numbers are getting closer and closer and closer together as we tend to print more money and create more debt. And then heaven help us if we have to go back and raise this interest rate. It's only going to get worse again. And so what I'm getting at is that this target rate of 2% inflation, it may not last long. They may not be there right now. They may not get there, but If they continue to stop raising rates, if they continue to detour from their policy, and if they back up and lower this interest rate, you can bet we're going to be facing an inflationary issue problem down the road again, as we call kicking the can down the road. And I think that's a potential issue that's on the horizon here we may get some temporary relief, but we're going to be looking at this same picture six, 12 months from now, because I don't think, I don't think that the government's going to stop spending that money at the rate in which they're doing, because we've talked about this. We're getting ready to go into an election year. You have no politician that wants to stand up and say, hey, we need to raise taxes. We need to get rid of certain benefits. We need to slim down social security. No one wants to say that. And I, I don't blame I wouldn't want to say it either if I was running on a, on a podium or a platform. But the reality is some of those things are going to have to happen in order for that national debt to detour. I mean, we, keep issuing treasuries and we don't have the money to make that payment. That's why we were downgraded. That's why the U.S. treasuries and the credit were downgraded from a triple A to a double A minus. You know, that's because the people out there in Moody's that are doing the rating system, they know we don't have the money to make those payments. Are we making those payments? Yes, but we don't have the money to make it. That's why we keep issuing debt. So the reality is if you're robbing Peter to pay Paul, eventually that's going to catch up with you. And I think that is a major credit storm, not only on the consumer side, but on the United States side brewing in the background. And I think those are issues that are going to show up over the next six to 12 months. And while we may be seeing some relief now, and thank goodness it's here, I know we all need it. I think it's only temporary to live. And I think it's a matter of time before we get back into a restricted policy, maybe six, 12 months now uh, going into 2025 to where we see the Federal Reserve tighten things back up. So with that being said, the final thing he was talked about on here that I thought was interesting was are you concerned with the banking system like many people are? Are you concerned with what happened with SBB happening with other regional banks outside the country, excuse me, outside around the country? And he said, absolutely not. He said, I think we're beyond that. We're done. There's nothing to worry about there. We've handled that. It's moved on. Again, I'm not so sure about that either because I think the solvency of some of these banks is not as sound as what we're being told. And I also think anytime we put pressure on the banking system by giving large interest rates on short-term treasuries and large interest rates on money markets, you see money move out of the banking system and back into the money market system, which then reinvests that money back into the treasuries. It's literally like its literally like its own Ponzi scheme. You take away from the people that you're trying to keep it to and you put it back into the United States government. And every time... Those rates are higher than what a traditional bank checking account can offer. That's what we're going to continue to see happen, which continues to put pressure on the banking system. And let's keep in mind, who's the largest bank in the United States? J.P. Morgan Chase. Who runs that? Jamie Dimon. No one has more information about the banking system. No one has more information about the credit card system in the United States than Jamie Dimon. And there's two things that we know Jamie Dimon has done over the course of really the last two weeks plus six months is this. He has said a hurricane is coming in the consumer credit market. Why? Delinquencies are up, credit cards are up, and they're not being paid. And if you think about this, what's the recourse on a credit card if you don't pay it? You can't repossess the goods that people bought. You can't go get the food that they got on their table or the clothes that they're wearing. It's a delinquency rate that doesn't get recaptured. It'll damage your credit, but it doesn't get recaptured, not like a house or a car. He knows that. He said a hurricane's brewing in that market. And then two weeks ago, what did he do? He liquidated 153 million stock share of JP Morgan Chase at its lowest stock point in 52 weeks. He's never done that. He's never turned in his stock for capital at all. And that's probably one guy that doesn't need the capital, he does it at what was near a 52 week low. Something to pay attention to. I think those are warning signs. That's those things we keep talking about that we feel are signs in the economy of issues starting to come. So we're gonna continue to follow that. We'll continue to bring you up to date on that. If you like what you're hearing, and you want to find some of these charts, some of these diagrams and numbers we're talking about, check us out on our YouTube channel at What's Your One More with the number one. Subscribe. We'll continue to put more stuff out there. And follow us on our socials at What's Your One More with the number one. Till next time, we'll see you guys on the next episode of What's Your One More. I got one more shot, I'm gonna make it. One more chance, I'm gonna take it. I meant it when I said it, now it's time for me to do it. I got one life to live, so i put all into it, yeah.